started. Um, actually, when Katie sent the uh, the notice out, I was not uh, fully prepared. So what I want to do is not only talk a little bit about uh, the ordinance on panhandling, but I do want to spend some time also talking about the uh, condition of state highways and roads and the transportation budget, um, which is of concern to us. So uh, I don't know how many months it's been, five months, six months, seven months, that we've been at this trying to get resolution on a question of public safety. And I just want to point out, as this goes from one committee to the next, and as amendments are tacked on or proposals are made, that we had a very similar ordinance on the books uh, for years, for almost two decades. And we didn't need micromanaging uh, in details in the ordinance about when to write citations, when the officer takes the individual by the hand and walks them across the street, and all the other piling on that is taking place, which is designed to do one or both of two things. It's either designed uh, to obstruct the adoption of an effective ordinance, or it's designed to give political cover to those who've been fighting the proposal all these months and uh, figuring that if they can make it ineffective and throw on all of these obstructions, then when they vote for it, they will not have capitulated to public safety. Now, I'm not going to do what I did last time we were all here and bring up all of the articles that we've seen from New York to California about people who have been hit by automobiles, injured, sometimes killed, while panhandling. Uh, I will tell you that since that last time, I have personally witnessed some incredibly dangerous situations, particularly on the part of drivers well-intentioned, causing safety problems by weaving in and out of lanes, either to get to somebody trying to panhandle or to avoid uh, the congestion that, that was created. But let's be clear. Until the Supreme Court decision, excuse me, until the federal court decision came down, which adversely affected our old ordinance, for two decades, the Madison Police Department, in a civil, polite, and kind manner, enforced that ordinance and didn't need uh, detailed instructions through the kinds of amendments that are now being recommended 
to handle this matter. And I think we ought to be real clear about what's going on here. What is going on is an effort to thwart the intention of the ordinance and to provide political cover. What we need is a majority of the city council who understands the safety issue and is willing to act on it and to trust the Madison Police Department. I want to make one other observation uh, about this. I'm not going to single out individuals, but I will stand by this assertion. Many of the people who are panhandling are not homeless. Let's get that straight. Let's get it straight that sign saying that the individual is homeless may not be true. We know of multiple cases where individuals are claiming to be veterans and they are not veterans. And I know of at least one instance involving a panhandler somewhere in the vicinity of the Beltline and Verona Road who has boasted about how much money they're making in a nearby saloon where they are buying drinks. So, as uh, the holiday spirit is embraced, as we approach the holidays, let's clearly understand that some, and I'm not saying all, but some of the folks who are out there on the medians are being less than truthful about who they are, what their needs are, and I want to repeat what's been stated over and over again, uh, particularly by the executive director of Porchlight, which is if you want to do something this holiday season in terms of helping homeless individuals and families, give the money to a well-known organization that provides those kinds of services. So let me stop there in case there's any questions before uh, we move on to the matter of transportation. Yes? Yeah, do you think uh, by narrowing the ordinance to focus on this particular number of arterial, arterial streets, do you think that will, I guess, garner more support on the council than previous iterations of this? I don't know. What it does concern me is there are some streets that are not arterials that intersect with arterials where we have some problems and that, that concerns me that we're not going to be able, for example, to handle some of the cross streets of East Washington Avenue or of, of um, <coughs> Whitney Way or Gammon Road that intersect with entrances to shopping centers. I mean, would you support this with, like, if the council does um, decide to approve those amendments? It amendments? depends. It depends what they. It depends what they are, and how uh, silly and nonsensical they get in uh, in this matter. I mean, we've been very clear for 20 years. Other than a very significant constitutional defect in terms of terminology but in terms of effectiveness, a similar ordinance. The Madison Police Department enforced it and did not need 
87 specific words about how to make an arrest, which we don't do uh, in any other of our ordinances. So, and how is that constitutional defect fixed? What happened is, in the original ordinance, we specifically spelled out panhandling. Can't do that. But if it is generic in terms of any kind of activity like that in the roadway, then it is valid. And so we've gone to a more generic language. And so why were the number of streets have to be narrowed then? Because the original concern was that if it would affect every street in the city, that too could be construed as, as a, a total ban on some form of free speech. That's not something that overly concerns me. And it doesn't overly concern you because there are just this ordinance the way it is now will we'll cover the streets? I, I, I just can't believe that an ordinance which is designed to prevent accidents and injury and death is going to be uh, challenged as long as it, it, it doesn't specifically spell out panhandling. All right. I just, I just say logistically, how long would it take to get these kind of, I know you mentioned here, signs on streets, that kind of thing? It would take a, it would take a couple of months, and I mean that's that's another issue. You know, we, we're trying to refrain from cluttering the landscape with signs. And imagine how many thousands of signs would be on, 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 on every couple of blocks if we had the same standard of, of having to sign all of the, the violations, which in so many instances are common sense. I mean, the next thing you know, someone's going to have to post a sign out on the square saying, uh, reminding people that they can't murder one another. All right, on transportation. Um, what I have to say here is, is a bit complicated. Um, let's start out with the, the, let's start out with the overall premise. The state of Wisconsin needs to raise revenues, which means taxes and fees, to pay for a lot of valuable, important, critically needed services, which range from transportation to public education. The The hole we've been in for the last half a dozen years, and in some service areas even longer, where we refuse to invest in the people of the state, when we refuse to invest in the infrastructure of the state, has got to come to an end. We have to get out of it. Now, we're making a small amount of progress. We are making a small amount of progress because in the majority party, the Republican Party, we are finally seeing some movement towards a willingness to raise taxes and revenues for transportation. And I want to make this point. While I support that, it is not enough. 
And I support it because it's a start of a necessary discussion. When we talk transportation, it cannot be just roads. It has to include particularly public transportation. Bus systems in the state is our, our main form of public transportation. It has to go beyond transportation. It has to include our school systems all the way from pre-K and kindergarten through our universities. It has to include taking care of our rivers and our lakes and protecting them from pollution and erosion. But at least some folks in the legislature, some Republicans are willing to, to, to face the reality that we have to spend this kind of money. Now, historically, Wisconsin had one of the best road systems in the United States. I think we all know the romantic history of that. It has to do with the influence and the recognition of our dairy industry. If we were going to get all that milk from all those cows around Wisconsin to the marketplace, we had to have a viable road system. Well, that premise that those roads played an important role in the economics of the state is true today, but for far more industries, as we've come to see, that we have a far more diverse economy. But it has to be more than a handful of Republicans, along with the road builders, who speak up on this, because we have to go further. Here in Madison, we have people who want to ride the bus. We don't have the capacity. That capacity is limited by the number of buses we can put out onto the road and the cost of operating them. This state was once a leader in terms of supporting public transportation. Now we're a laggard. And so when a transportation bill comes forward, it's got to be about more than roads. It's got to be about buses. It has to be about pedestrians and bicycles. Now, if you look at the debate that took place yesterday, some of the questions that were raised had to do with the kinds of stop-and-go lights that are being installed and their costs. It has to do with some of the uh, travel costs for the staff of the Department of Transportation. We've got to get real. We've got costs in the hundreds of millions, in the billions of dollars that are at the core of this discussion. And it's about time we see some responsibility in regards to the transportation issue.
Now, in terms of education, from the smallest districts in the state to the largest districts in Madison and Milwaukee, Green Bay, here in Wisconsin, there's one thing we know, and it's something that I've been saying for 40 years. There is nothing a city, a village, or a town can do that's as important to the vitality of the community as the quality of the public schools. Without public schools, we are nothing. We are not a viable city. We're not a viable village. We're not a viable town. And throughout Wisconsin, our communities are being crushed by the inadequacy of the funding of public education. We've already seen what it's done in some communities where they're losing their school districts. We've seen what it's done at the level of the University of Wisconsin when we're losing faculty and students and our rankings are dropping. If you want a healthy community, there must be an investment in public education. And we have to pay for it. And when you realize that it's not tax cuts, but it is a well-educated workforce that is the most important variable in determining the location and the expansion of business, we had better get about fixing our public schools and supporting them if we're going to be a viable state in the next two decades. That was fair, Chief. Nothing's going on. <laughs> Just had to make sure. Okay. Questions? Sorry about that interruption. Uh, yes. First, I'd like to, two questions. First, um, I'd like to ask, you know, what would no new state revenues for roads mean for Madison as a city? Well, it's not just Madison, but for Madison and Dane County, what it means is less safety, it means less reliability, and it means that in adverse weather conditions in particular, traffic will not get through. That's, that's what it means. Um, I can't give you the numbers off the top of my head. But, for example, when we have major state snowstorms and we're not able to, to plow the roads and get, get uh, them open, the loss to the economy is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just here locally, oftentimes over a million dollars for a major event. Add to that the value of having uh, closed our schools. And you think about the loss of education time for children. You think about parents who can't go to work because the kids are, 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 are at home, and it just compounds itself. Well, bad roads are more difficult to take care of. Inadequate roads are more difficult to take care of uh, in, in adverse weather conditions. But they are responsible for accidents. And accidents mean not only the tragedy 
that should occur at that moment for people involved, but it also, again, means clogged roads, backups. I mean, you look at, at something on, on the interstate or one of our state highways where you've got thousands of people who are being delayed, if you say just half an hour each, that adds up to thousands of hours. And secondly, you know, as we've seen from yesterday, there's certainly uh, people on both sides of this argument for the funding, but uh, recently Congressman Sean Duffy referred to Madison as a communist community. I'm just curious, <laughs> not, curious of your thoughts on that comment. I, you know, we're in a new era in, in, in this country of lying. Um, I just posted on my blog uh, an observation about Donald Trump that when it comes time uh, to, to, to saying things, um, it doesn't have to be the truth. It may be what he thinks ought to be the truth. And then, you know, you turn around and uh, the, 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 the Speaker of the House of Representatives um, uh, justifies it on the basis, well, he was elected president, so he can say anything. So this kind of silliness, this kind of baiting, um, is what's led this country uh, down this dismal hole of economic failure. And when people like the representative will grow up um, and, 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 and start answering some questions, you, know, you want to talk about Madison? Why are we consistently rated by independent, credible sources as the best city in the United States? Why are we the ones who are driving the state's economy? Wisconsin is in dismal shape, partially because we won't fund our schools, partially because we won't fund uh, transportation systems, well, remove Madison and Dane County from the state's revenue sources, remove us in terms of job creation, and the situation is even more dismal. I'm, I'm sorry he engages in the politics of resentment, but he is in the same camp as Governor Walker of Brownbeck in Kansas, where ideology drives their economics, and they don't care how much they ruin the lives of the people of, of this nation. What can say to and I've got some other things to say, but <laughs> go ahead. What can do in terms of just um, improving the bus system here in town that maybe they used to do? or Well, there's, there's two things, two, two very direct, specific things. One, the state can add to its capital budget for transportation, not just the construction of roads and bridges, but add to it the acquisition of buses. Secondly, just as we subsidize the automobile, there can be direct state appropriations for the operations of our buses. Did they use to, was there a point when you were there when they used to give direct state aid for operations? Yes, yes. It's back when we were and then that still, we, we still had, I can't remember what the funding is. Nick, are you back there? Mm -hmm. 
What's the what, what? Do you remember what the state numbers are on operating expenses? Not off the top of my head. Sorry. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Alderman Palms here, and he can talk to you, share some thoughts with you about the libraries if you'd like. I mean, libraries are one of the greatest contributions. You want to talk about socialism, uh, Congressman Duffy? Uh, let's start with let's start with the public library where people don't have to buy books and all the other materials that are available, but we pay for them as a community, and we share them, and we share the knowledge and the information, and we get smarter, and we become more employable, and we become nicer people. Write that down. <laughs> Any questions? Sorry, we were the light ones. Yeah, the light ones. I want to. This kind of interest in ordinance change as far as medians. Could you kind of address Gee, that? Did again? we talk about that? You probably well, did. Okay. Well, for those of you, um, you guys want to stay, or do you want to pick up and leave? And I'll. I don't want anybody to feel trapped here. So. Okay, whatever. So, um, my, my point is that um, we had a previous ordinance. It had a constitutional defect. We had it on the books for close to 20 years, and it worked. And we didn't need specific language for the police department as to how to enforce it. They handled it quite well. Uh, we don't in all the other hundreds and hundreds of ordinances that the police department, the laws the police department enforces, we don't pass all these additional uh, instructions as to how they should behave in carrying out their duties. And in terms of signage, if we start putting signs out in public for every ordinance violation, every law, we're going to just have an entire city blanketed with tens of thousands of signs to the point where we obviously won't have enough poles, and even if we did, uh, nobody would be able to see any leaves on any trees, even during the, the summer. So what is the specific rule or ordinance that, that people have a problem with? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, we've no... That, that people panhandling uh, or playing in the streets from coast to coast have been seriously injured and killed. I said earlier, I'm not going to bring it up on the screen. The last time we discussed this, you know, we saw situations from California to New York of people who were panhandling who were run over. And it just mystifies me as to why we can't have a sensible ordinance on a matter of public safety. I also mention the fact that while I won't identify specific individuals, we have enough individual enough cases where we've got folks who are advertising themselves as veterans. They are not advertising themselves as homeless. They are not. And we've got at least one panhandler working the West Side, and that individual uh, frequents a neighborhood bar. 
uh, and will not only boast about how much money is being collected and how profitable it is, but enjoys sharing in the buying of drinks. Okay? So what's kind of happening moving forward then? Nothing? Or I don't know. We're hoping it comes to the council for action in January. We're on our sixth or seventh month by then, and perhaps we will finally get resolution one way or the other. All right? I don't hate to throw you all out, but I just got to make a phone call at 3 o'clock. <coughs> Thank you.